Hey, Rockville. It's Susan Pittman. I'm in the garage with Jamie Espinoza. How's it going, Jamie? It's going good, Susan. It's snowing right now here in Rockville, right? It's a cold, windy, blustery day that I just want to wrap up on the couch and do nothing. But instead, we're podcasting and going to talk about... Staying motivated when it's a cold, blustery day. I'm the same way. I really just wanted to be on the couch today, read a book, eat a bunch of popcorn. Yeah. Hey, so you know how I said when we talked to Chris Landers that um, Princeton was Matt's reach school? Yes. I kind of got a bunch of crap for that because um, he's at West Point. And so it's kind of like, oh, I'm sorry, West Point was my backup school. And so for losers, I mean, what's going on with that? So I have to just say, I have to clear the air and just say he didn't even end up applying to Princeton. He decided it wasn't for him. I just was kind of excited. That was kind of like my dream, not his. I have to say, I have like, I was told the talking points of what I have to say to make amends for those. So, <laughs> so, so yeah. top line, West Point, not a fallback school. West Point, not a fallback school. It is not. Anyway. All right. Moving on from there. I am very excited about today's guest because she is a very motivating person and I'm sure I will end up at the gym tonight as planned instead of weaseling out of it. Lisa Patton, how are you? It's good to see you. Good to see you too. Lisa is a fitness instructor and a very motivating one at that. Lisa, what brought you, what, how, how, what is your Rockville story? How did you get to Rockville? And tell us a little bit about your background. Sure, yeah, I, uh, I actually came to Maryland to go to grad school. Um, so I did my master's and PhD at uh, Maryland College Park and ended up staying in the area. And um, so I moved around throughout PG County and then came over to Rockville probably 20 years ago. So I've been here for a long time now. So you're Dr. Patton. I am. Yeah. <laughs> so what are so tell us a little a little bit about that. Uh, well, I'm a clinical psychologist by training, um, and so that's sort of my day job. And then in the evenings, I teach group fitness and have the pleasure of having you in class. Oh, so, thanks, yeah. Lisa. Can I see where you're originally from? Because you said you came here for school. So oh, I'm originally from Tennessee. Okay. Yep. I was just trying okay. to place the, the accent. This very slight. Yeah, very, slight. very slight. Yeah. Slight? Really? <laughs> <laughs> So I was telling Lisa, Jamie, I was telling Lisa that I, your wife is one of my ride or dies, one of the people I will grow old with. And she is the best kind of bully because she would text me, hey, I didn't see you at the gym today. Like very sweet. She'd slip it into the conversation and she'd be like, hey, if you're going to the gym, we could go have coffee after like, you know, luring me in with coffee. So that is one of the reasons I I had a gym membership, but I wasn't going very often. And so that's, she really was a lot of the reason why I just went to the gym. And then Dave said, you should come to Lisa's class, which is how I started going to <laughs> You're using class. the term bully, and by that, you, you mean accountability partner? Yes, yes, yes. The best kind, like a friend bully, right. like the best kind of that, that Kim and our other friend, Debbie. So, Lisa, you're a very motivating person, and you're a psychologist, so you know a little something about motivating people. How does that talk a little bit about that? How do we how do we keep at it? Yeah, I mean, it's part of what we were talking about uh, about a little bit earlier. It's um, it's that community, mm-hmm. and it's also 
finding that gym community, that fitness community, you know, whatever you enjoy doing, uh, whatever time of day you want to be out there, you know, being physical, um, you know, finding those partners and finding those those peers that you're going to look forward to seeing and spending time with. And, um, you know, as you were talking about with accountability, um, you know, one of the things that we try to do in our classes is build that sense of community so that, um, you know, everybody's expecting to see the same faces, they're welcoming to new people, and again, that people can show up at whatever level of fitness they are and have a home there, you know, and be inviting, invited in, be engaged. Yeah, that's definitely, um, you do a good job of that, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, Jamie, how do you, How does that resonate with you? How do you feel? Because you've taken up pickleball the last couple of years. No, yeah. Uh, well, when it comes to, you know, like going to the gym, uh, I, I'm a routine person. By that I mean I need to do something multiple times, but once I'm done it, I stick to it, right? Mm -hmm. So I've been a 5 a.m. gym person since I was 16. Mm. And it's at this point, it's just, that's what I do. It's part of my checklist for the day, right? It's like the equivalent of making coffee for other people. Yeah. Um, and that's what works for me. My wife is not that type of person, mm -hmm. right? She needs motivation and, and anyways, even if she, and she may be the type of person who goes to the gym consistently for a year and then falls off. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. um, so she needs another motivator. Maybe so. I need to text her. Yeah, right. <laughs> I haven't seen you. Right. I haven't seen you. Yeah. Script the flip the script. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just listening to a podcast. Um, it was Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he was being interviewed by Ryan Holiday, the Daily Stoic guy, and he said that about you don't don't think. When you wake up, yeah. get up and exercise. Don't think, right. or wake up and and do. Don't pick up your phone. Don't email. Get up and go for a walk or and, get up and do And whatever. I know this is kind of like a side conversation, but I have found in my times going to the gym that different time periods at the gym bring out different type of people oh, mentally. Totally. And yeah. so all the 5 a.m. people are almost exactly like me with yeah. that. Like, hey, it's just the thing I do at 5 a.m. And if you talk to most of them, if they don't do it at 5 a.m., it ain't going to happen later in the day. No, right? that's Just, right. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah. and no. I suspect that yeah. that's true throughout yeah. the day that people who go at certain times are very similar. Yeah, and that's that's true. And I mean, if you talk to instructors who teach morning classes, it's a very different kind of you know feeling than the evening classes. Um, and so people will gravitate toward one time of day or the other. And that's, again, sort of that extra motivation. Like, what time of day do you want to be there? What kind of activity do you want to do? Um, you know, do you want to just go in, put your, on your earbuds and get your workout in? Or do you want to be part of a social environment? Um, you know, how do, what, what motivates you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good... So, yeah, external versus internal motivators. That's a big deal. It's a yeah, and not difference. thinking about it is so important. I mean, to your point, Jerry, it's like if you if you just um, you know there are a million reasons not to work out. There, are, you know, blustery, snowy day. Um, you know, there are plenty of reasons not to go. And so, if it's just sort of this is what I do, and you take away the you know those opportunities to negotiate your way out of it, and you just say I'm showing up for this class. I'm going to go lift. I'm going to go run. This is what I do at this time of day. And even if you you know if you say okay, well I don't feel it today, but I'm going to do it for ten minutes then you may find you're actually working out for 20 minutes, half an hour. You really extend your time because once you get rolling, you feel better. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Um, 
I just went out of my head. Did you have something? Because well, I had I mean, a question. To kind of follow up with that, I know just talking with people that some people struggle with like justification. So they lay in bed, alarm goes off, they look at their alarm like, well, you know, I was there five minutes late yesterday or hey, I had that salad at lunch or they they come up with something, anything to hang their hat on to just stay in bed. So how do you motivate people to get past that? Um, So again, if you, so it's really about scheduling. So it's saying, okay, and it's changing your mindset so that you become a person and you say, okay, I'm going to work out Tuesday, Thursday. That's what I'm going to do. And you build on that incrementally. And so even five or 10% more time spent moving, walking, um, you know, walking the dog, working out, you know, any of those things, it all counts. And so the more that you can say, um, this is this is how I don't think about this. This is how I don't worry about the justification because I'm not making those kinds of agreements with myself. You know, I can't trade the salad yesterday for not working out today. I work out on Wednesdays. That's what I do, you know. And so it's really about just making it a habit um, and removing those opportunities to negotiate. What are your thoughts on positive versus negative motivation when it comes to um, working out because it is a area where I can see or have heard of people saying that negative thoughts actually help motivate them and that might work for them I, I, don't, I don't know like that's not a struggle I have positive versus yeah. negative I just do but what are your thoughts on that kind of stuff and by that I mean I know people are like oh if I don't go I'm going to gain I won't be able to finish those pain like they just get negative about it sure. but then they still go so yeah. Well, I think Susan will tell you I'm about positive reinforcement. Yes. yes. <laughs> and and again, like, you know, my whole thing is that any movement is better than none. And so if you come and you do half of your workout, then you've done something, right? right. You've done something positive for your day. Um, now, there are competitive athletes and there are certainly people who really do thrive on, you know, comparison and, you know, oh, gosh, I, you know, if I don't work out. But I find for most people, it's really about positive. It's really about how you feel better, how you think better, you know, um, even for those of us who, you know, have been teleworking forever now with the pandemic and kind of strapped to our computers. Um, you know, if you say, I'm going to get up and move every hour regardless, you know, I hear from everybody. It makes a huge difference in their day. I schedule walking meetings. Um, so if I'm talking, if I only have one person on the line, I'm going to say, okay, well, we're going to, I'm going to walk. Do you want to walk with me? You know, we're on the phone. Um, or I'll even like walk with my laptop around the house and just say, okay, let's get some steps in. Let's walk. I also do uh, planking two at two, Monday, Wednesday, Friday with my staff. And so I invite anybody who wants to come and I'm like, if you can plank, you know, 10 seconds, 30 seconds on your knees, lift your knees, turn to the side, whatever you want to do. Nobody's on camera. Um, and so it's really just come as you are, but get that in. And you know, what I tell them is it's better than a cup of coffee at two in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll really wake you up. It'll revive you. And, you know, anecdotally, I hear from so many people, gosh, Lisa, that really got me through the afternoon. And so it's those small, you know, those small um, positive things that you can do for yourself, I think that make the real difference in the, in, in your fitness level. Mm. Um, this is what I wanted to ask you. So I've had, um, I have had an amazing experience the last 18 months at work where the there's no executive director and I've had to step up and take over much of that role temporarily and not like I don't want it permanently like mm-hmm. this is I cannot wait until the new person starts mm-hmm. but to stay sane through all of this I have noticed that the weeks I don't exercise it's not just my body that doesn't feel good That's right. I am 
very, um, I struggle, like those are the weeks when I really struggle with the workload. Weeks where I get to the gym, even though I didn't put in quite as many hours at the office, I feel better and I can do more. And so it's been like I missed class last week. We had board members in town and and I I was still at work. You know, I mean, it just I couldn't get out of the office and I felt it. And I was glad to have the board members in there. I work for an amazing board. I'm not just saying that because one or two of them might be my check in and listen. But um, they're wonderful people. And we had a lot of work to do. So Mm -hmm. it was a legitimate like I really have to stick it out tonight. But I did notice the next day I didn't just feel kind of physically sluggish Mm -hmm. like I just really so can you talk about that about the links between mental health and your physical activity not not you know like oh I'm athletic but just your movement level yeah and and absolutely I mean there's lots of literature that shows a direct link between again any kind of movement any kind of activity um, and it does bring about mental clarity. It can, you know, it energizes you. Um, you sleep better, um, and so obviously you wake up feeling more refreshed if you have if you have better sleep. Um, and so exercise, any kind of movement, is really linked to all of those things. And so when you talk about you know positive reinforcement, I mean, I'll, any kind of movement will bring that to you. And and as you're, you know, the, what I would take from that, Susan, is you know going forward. Um, you know, even if you can squeeze in a walk during the day when you have those longer days, or again, you know, even tell your board, hey, why don't we why don't we walk around a little bit and talk about this, whatever we mm. need to, you know, and and engage others in it, um, because people don't, especially in those work settings, they don't naturally think about opportunities to move in that way, um, and so you can be that person and you can be that inspiration for that, you know, even in these kind of diverse settings. That would have been a really nice idea to say, hey, guys, you haven't really seen the neighborhood that yeah. our office is in. Let's take a walk around the block. I yeah. That's a good idea. I'll try that next time they're in town. Yeah. Yeah. And people can opt out. But I think, sure. you know, then they feel, you know, then you're refreshed and you're ready to sit down and do the business, you know, and do the work that needs mm-hmm. to be done. And I think people are surprised by how, you know, a small burst of activity can make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing. Your classes are thirty. You have, you teach two. The ones I go to are two thirty-minute back-to-back classes, and yeah. some people stay for most of us stay the whole hour. But some come for the first half, and some slip in for the second half. And it it's yeah. that especially that first. Well, half I was gonna say that first half. That's high intensity interval <laughs> training. So that's a that's a different animal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just glad I can do the whole half hour now. <laughs> you did a great job. You did a great job, and it's like I mean, you've seen the the progress you've made. Yeah. You know. Yeah, although I felt bad because we did that really cool activity not this past week but the week before where you put where we put all the benches together. Yeah. And I realized these poor people who are behind me doing this thing on the running down the bench. I'm like, "Oh, wow. I'm like I just got to own it. I'm I am the caboose, but I'm in the front because they've lapped me." And they were so patient. I was just like I would be hating me right now. I would be like, no. "Why is she here?" But no, they were everyone was wonderful. Encouraging. Oh, yeah. such a yeah. great class. And but you set that tone. For oh, sure. Thank you. you set that tone. Now, do you so I have found that when it comes to working out, I mean, Susan brought this up because it is winter and I've never, you know, it's obviously cold. There's obviously less sun, but why is it harder to work out in the winter? Because this is true for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't, 
Yeah, it's it's not you specific. Right. No. right. Yeah, it's everybody. Right. And I see it at yeah. you know, I see it at the gym. The winter people aren't there. The, the energy's not yeah. the same. Right, right. No. And it is, I mean, um, you know, it the, the seasons have a tremendous impact on us. Um, you know, jokingly, uh, in several of my classes, we say, well, you make your summer body in the winter. Right. Uh, so that's kind of that external motivation, right? Mm-hmm. So, so when you're thinking, oh, I don't want to be there now. Uh, but no, it's just a natural cycle. And I mean, it's just, you know, we're animals, right? And, you know, we, we want to be warm. We want to be cozy during the winter. And it's just not as appealing. And there aren't as many options because if you're not a person who tolerates the cold well or wants to go out running in the cold, um, you know, it's going to be extra hard to get out there. And so what some people do is they um, they take their fitness inside during the winter or they even change their hours. So if you are a 5 a.m. workout person, you might go to 7 a.m. or something right. like that, you know, just to give yourself a little break during the, the darker months. Yeah. Yeah. So go, go ahead. So. I was just going to say, you know, David broke his ankle. Yeah. And so he's really, he's just now getting back to the gym. Well, he's been coming to the gym to stay in the habit, which I think is an amazing, was a yeah. perfect idea. Even those first few weeks, he was in a huge air cast and he would just sit on a bench and lift some hand weights. So that's a tough situation to be in. So how can, if you're injured, if you are sick, because you know, it is flu and now COVID season, how do you ease back in? Um, I mean, just exactly the way David's doing it. I mean, just keep the habit alive, keep going, do the best that you can do. Um, and you know, modify, just modify. And then as you come back, and um, this is where I was mentioning earlier, kind of in the five, 10% increments. I mean, if you're walking 5,000 steps a day and you add on another 500, 1,000, that's a huge change in your activity level, right? Um, and it may not feel like it, which is great because then you can do that, build on that habit, and then eventually, you know, you can keep going, get yourself up to 10, 12,000 steps a day, wherever you need to be. Um, and you'll see, again, that change in mental clarity, uh, your mood will lift, your sleep gets better, you know, all of those things with just more activity in your life. Um, and, you know, as David is doing, the most important part is to maintain that habit and keep that time sacred, um, you know, so that you yeah. know that gym time or whatever, you know, physical fitness you're engaged in, pickleball, um, that, you know, you have that time in your calendar and you don't fill it up with other activities of life while you're sick or you have, you know, something going on. Yeah. Yeah, I think he he did a really good job with that. Mm-hmm. And I think even when you're sick, if you know, go sit in the steam room at the same time you would normally be in exercise class, or not while you're sick. Uh, <laughs> don't come to the gym if you're sick. After you're not sick anymore, but maybe you're not ready to exercise. I'm, I'm a public health person, so yeah, don't come yeah, to the gym please, if you're sick. No. But <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, but do something at home. You know, do something at home. Yeah. So. Our podcast is really based on our community, and so a question I have is: so I've I grew up in Vegas, spent a lot of time with the school in Minneapolis. Minneapolis is actually one of the fittest cities in the country. People is it don't really? realize this. It is. It has a very big like fit culture, huh. right? Las Vegas obviously does for different reasons. Um, what's your view on our fitness culture here in Montgomery County, the Rockville area? And I bring this up because I personally feel like. There's not enough gyms based on our population size. I would think that there'd be more commercial gyms. There are now more fitness studios and whatnot coming in, but I don't feel that there's like, 
going home when I go visit home in Vegas. There's a gym like everywhere. Like, and so what's your kind of view on our culture of fit? And you know, and, and let me caveat: you don't have to be fit and go to a gym. We fit not go to the gym, right? Yeah. Um, but what's your view on? Montgomery County Rockville's like fitness culture. Well, I'm biased uh, in the same way as you. I mean, I feel like the more gyms, the better. Right. Um, you know, because I want people to have different opportunities. And, you know, I know people around here who have multiple gym memberships. Um, and, you know, just because they find different communities or different activities that they enjoy at different gyms. And, you know, I would love to see more of that. I mean, I feel like, um, you know, we don't, you know, a lot of neighborhoods don't have good places to walk. Um, there's still a lot of work to be done in those areas and uh, really just encouraging people to be more active. Um, no, I mean, you know, we're not Vegas or Minneapolis. Right. No. Right. There's a park. There's at least one park in town that has a fitness loop, an outdoor oh. fitness loop. It's in, um, is, it, um, is it Hungerford? I don't know if it's Hungerford proper, but it's the west side and kind of a no man. It's not... Not in Woodley or College Gardens. Hmm. Not, maybe it's technically in West End. It's, I'm going to think of it. No, no. And Do you remember that part? No, I, I don't, but I'm happy you brought that up because it yeah. stands out in your mind because there aren't many. Right. In other communities, yeah. every part has an adult workout station, right? right? Like with chin-up bars and dip bars. like. And here, we really don't. You go yeah. to a park, there's mm -hmm. not a fitness facilities yeah. for the public. Right. right. There's not a, there's, mm -hmm. yeah. We right. had a nice one in New Braunfels. And of course, I haven't lived there in almost 11 years. So I'm sure they have more, but it was, it was quite nice. It right. was a, yeah. So that's a good one to have too. You know, I have friends who say, I don't need to work out because I eat a really, really healthy diet. And diet's important. Right, got to keep the sugar low, eat your veggies, all that. But can a diet replace exercise? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into that. So I, I mean, I can't really say that. I mean, you know, I think cardiovascular fitness is highly dependent on your activity level, mm -hmm. and genetics play such a role. I mean, you really have to look at, you know, what are your what does what your family's history tell you about what kind of level of activity you need to be engaged in to have good heart health? Um, and, you know, I, so one of the goals that I always have is to have a very low resting heart rate. Um, and so, you know, my resting heart rate is mid 40s and it's been there for a long time and I hope to keep it there for a long time. That's amazing. Right? Mm -hmm. But that's, but you know, I mean, but that's, and I, you know, I'm one of those people, I'm like, I always have to be able to run six miles. I don't know why six miles. That's my thing. If I can run six miles, I'm happy. If my heart rate's mid 40s, I'm happy. Um, but, you know, and so you know, I think that's such an individual thing. Um, mm -hmm. And the, you know, good diet is absolutely critical. Um, but, you know, I feel like you do have to have some kind of physical activity to really ensure that your, your heart's where it should be. Yeah. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. Oh, granted, none of us here are medical professionals, right. but yeah. <laughs> so well, let me ask you this. Um, I, I think a lot of people who listen to the podcast are, you know, midlife, if not older. Um, and something that I've learned in the last few years is functional mm -hmm. health, right? In mm -hmm. my teens and 20s, it was all about, I'm a male, so it was all about building mass. And, sure. you know, you don't really think of functional health. But now that I'm in my 40s, yeah. I've started realizing, oh, hey, I actually need to do certain exercises if I want to continue doing some things into my 60s and 70s and 80s. So, um, can you speak to that? Because I like it was a mind shift in my mind, yeah. right? Like, hey, these exercises that these twenty-year-olds are doing, I don't need to do those. 
um, so I can do something different. So. Yeah, but functional fitness is so important, and um, you know, I think the way that to really think about it is, you know, how independent do you want to be as you get older? And so, what does that mean? Well, that means being able to lift your body weight. Um, you know, so you've got to be able to do squats. And so a lot of the things that um, really will contribute to a high degree of functional fitness are things you can do with body weight, things you can do at home. Um, and so it is, it's like you can do push-ups on your knees. You need to be able to lift your body weight in some capacity, right? So again, squats, lunges, um, you know, trunk rotations, you know, what's your flexibility, what's your mobility? I mean, again, as we age, um, you know, without that kind of flexibility, um, you know, you really court lots of injuries, uh, regardless of how athletic you've been throughout your life. And so I think as we get older, you know, anything around flexibility, stretching, mobility, um, and then again, what are those activities of daily living that you want to be able to do when you're in your 60s, 70s, 80s? Um, and so mimicking those in your workouts is critical. Right. And to build upon that and kind of connecting to something we talked about, with excuses, you know, we live in a very go-go kind of community with people who travel quite a bit. And I found myself talking to people and they'll have an excuse. They'll say, oh, hey, I was on a work trip and uh, that's why I didn't work out for that week. And my kind of response is always like, well, still can get up. And I I don't know if you've ever heard of death by tens, but like push-up sit-ups. Uh, squats yeah. and you just kind of you know in a hotel room you can do it all you can do it all and so what, what are your thoughts on that it's an excuse that a lot of people use in our community I'm so I don't want to put it in this language but I'm so important I'm just so busy I'm, I don't have time for that and again you're more you're going to be more effective on your job you're going to be more effective in your role um, if you you know have you know if you're able to think more clearly if you're well rested um, and if you've energized yourself through a good workout and it doesn't have to take a lot of time. I mean, as you were mentioning, you get up out of bed in your hotel room, you know, you've got to be at a meeting in an hour, you know, knock out 10 minutes of crunches, push-ups, squats. You know, you can do push-ups on the wall in the hotel room if you don't want to get down on the floor. I mean, there are so many ways to do it and make it work for yourself regardless of where you are. Um, and when I mentioned the planking that I have my teams do, I've had, I've, I've had teams at work do it for the past decade. And I mean, when we were in offices 10 years ago, um, you know, we'd get on a hallway if people were in skirts, they'd put their legs in the office and people would plank. I mean, so you make it work if you want to. I mean, and, and again, you can't think about it and you just have to say, this is what I do. I'm a person who, when I travel, I do my workout in my hotel room. You know, if there isn't a good gym there, which nowadays many more hotels have really solid gyms. Right. Um, but again, you could, don't even have to leave your hotel room and you can get in a good workout. Do you have a favorite winter recipe that's like a good post-workout or... Oh, see, I like any of those. I mean, I I, I like all the burpee challenges. You know me. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like all the burpee challenges, all the squat challenges, all the push-up challenges. Um, and again, you can plank every day. So you can work on your core every day. Um, you know, no problem at all. You're not going to overwork your abs. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just, um, you know, I 
teach a bunch of different group fitness formats and I enjoy them all. Um, but I think, you know, the basic thing is just to, yeah, do those, do those body weight exercises and keep it moving throughout the winter. So for any of our listeners who don't know what a burpee is, can you explain oh, that? Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. Yes. Um, so burpee, here's how you break it down. Um, so you first go into a squat, knees to the corners, sink your hips, abs braced, chest up. Um, and then you drop down with your hands in front of you and extend your legs all the way out. So you can walk them out uh, or you can jump out and then you hold that position with your core very tight, everything in alignment, shoulders to toes and, um, and hold that position. And then you come up, you jump out of that or step out of that. Uh, you can come out of the burpee a variety of ways. So you can walk out of it or you can jump out. Um, and just come on back up to that standing position. Sink back into a squat, do it again. Yeah, and some people modify it by doing a whole push-up, right, near the bottom. Some people do. You can yeah. also add a tuck jump. Right. right, right. <laughs> Don't get me started. No, no, no. Right. no and I bring this up because I was recently watching a show, um, and it said that the burpee is the greatest single exercise. Like, if you're going to do anything, and there's a reason why prisoner, it was a prison show about prison. There's a reason why prisoners actually do burpees in their cell because you don't need much space and it's the greatest single exercise that you can possibly do. No, it absolutely is. And it's full body. It works everything. You know, as you heard from my description, you do the squat. So you're working your legs, you hit the floor, you're in the push-up position. And then you, when you extend your legs, you're working your core. When you come back up, you're working your core. And if you add that push-up, it's just more upper body. Right. And then if you want the plyometric movement, if you really want to build your bones, a little bit more and you feel comfortable with it, you can add a tuck jump at the end. Um, and so like when the class that Susan comes to, when I when I demonstrate it, I show all kinds of options. You can do the push up on your knees, you can get rid of the push up, um, or you can, and you can add the jumps. Right. And then when you do them fast, it's and, a cardio workout. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So you can set a timer and you can just say, okay, I'm going to do 30 seconds worth of burpees, do them. And then through the winter, you know, you can say, okay, well, the first time I did five and you know, now uh, my goal is to get to 20. So, you know, right. it's a good way to challenge yourself. So like days like tomorrow when there's uh, three inches of snow, four inches of snow and Chad, you know who I'm talking to, <laughs> you try to say to yourself, oh, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to go to the gym. Look, it's snowing outside. Do a hundred burpees. In boom, your living room. boom, mm -hmm. boom, and tell us how good you feel after. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So you've been doing this a long time. Yes. Do you still set goals, like fitness goals? Like I want to be able to do this many burpees in this amount of time, or I want to do this new challenge. Yeah, I do. I mean, my goals, like I said, like now my goals are, you know, things like, you know, where's my heart rate and, um, you know, just maintaining. Um, yeah, I, I'm a very goal oriented person. So I like to, you know, I like to have those challenges. So I do a lot of strength training. Um, so most of my goals now are around, you know, how much I'm going to squat and, you know, what am I going to, you know, how many pull-ups am I going to be able to do? Um, so most of my fitness goals now are around strength training. Mm -hmm. Those are good, especially for women as we get older. Yeah. I think that's, that's a big thing. Sleep and being able to lift plenty of weight over your head. It's so important. And my, yeah. my mom and my grandma both have osteoporosis. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that bone health is so important. And, uh, and so I really have, you know, through a lot of plyometric training, jump training over the years, um, you know, I've really focused on building my bones through that weight, through weightlifting and plyometric training. 
Jamie, are all your fitness goals around pickleball these days, or do you have um, no, you know, anything I'm, else? So before, as I was mentioning, in my 20s, it was all about just trying to get bigger, right? That's yeah. most guys, I would say, under 30. But now in my 40s, it's really just about like weight control. I know you're, like fitness-wise, a lot of people say, don't do that. But just for me, it works, right? Like mm-hmm. ensuring I don't uh, get, you know, too big where I have to buy a whole new set of clothes. I was going to say, it's yeah. all about how your clothes right. fit. Yeah. Right. Just go by how your clothes right. fit. Yeah. And that's just kind of my fitness is in my family as people age, it's easy to get bigger, which with it brings a lot of issues. And so I focus right. a lot on cardio and a lot of uh, weight training, but not necessarily on mass, more like just strength and functional fitness at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of... I, I can see my work. I mean, I vary it to keep it interesting, but I kind of see it for the next 30 to 40 years, I'll be doing roughly similar things, right? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, functional fitness, balance, functional fitness. Like right. you were saying, Lisa, flexibility, it's yeah. also important. And I know people are like, gosh, I know, I know Jamie, he's not 50 yet. Susan's barely 50. But it's, it, it, it you should, if you don't think about it now, right? Like you look at people who, didn't think about it and they're suffering like they some of them some people really suffer as they get older so, so can, yeah, and I, I, yeah. I want to mention something that I thought about recently because I have found that working out has become so much easier for me and just kind of and I have no science to back this up but that's 25 years of working out every day mm-hmm. right it must build sure even even if you're not doing like the greatest exercises like it, it just and the reverse is true, right? 25 years of not working out, yeah. you just got to build on it yeah. too, right? right? And so just kind of my general advice based on nothing, just kind of common sense is if you're not working out, start now and just kind of keep on doing it. Right. right? It'll yeah. only get better. It'll right. only get better. It'll only get easier. And it's the long game. I mean, it's what right. you're saying. Yeah. And, you know, well past 50 over here. Okay. Um, and, but I've been, you know, I've been working out my entire, uh, my entire life, you know, and, um, and, I can't imagine not, but there's always a place to start. You know, anybody can start. I mean, if you just start walking for a few minutes every day, mm-hmm. it's going to make a difference for you. So, so two things I'd like to ask about completely unrelated. One, just kind of an easier one. When I first moved here, I came from being at an athletic club. I had never been a member of a Golds, oh. right? And because in my mind, Golds was like one, like kind of like the standard. It was very like Arnold Schwarzenegger pumping iron, like, oh, I'm not the type of guy to go to Golds. And then I went to our Golds, or at least the one I went to Green Plaza. Mm-hmm. And it's very relaxed from my perspective. Yeah. It might not be for everybody, but very just welcoming and relaxed. I mean, can mm-hmm. you speak to that? Because I think some people are intimidated by certain clubs based on whatever yeah, or yeah. just gym culture just gym can be culture intimidating and, yeah. yeah yeah and um you know and what i tell everybody is go to at least two or three gyms and go in see what the vibe is you know how do you feel there um you know ask you know ask to talk to some of the trainers some of the group fitness instructors and you know whatever you're interested in doing and sort of get a sense of the culture walk around you know see how people are um and you know what i've found is that um you know that each gym has sort of its own personality um and it's it you know the goals around here 
certainly to me, but you know, again, I'm biased, don't come across as intimidating. Right. Uh, they're very welcoming. It, that being said, they are serious, and I put that out there because there are other oh, yeah. athletic clubs that I've been to in the area which like tout Pizza Fridays or whatever, and it's like, well, <laughs> that's not necessarily the culture I want to be a part of. Yeah. Right? So okay. they are serious, yeah. just not Very intimidating. So. Yeah. And I mean, if, yeah. you, if you're if you in there for serious lifting, you know, yeah. you're going to have a community. Right. You know, there are going to be plenty of serious lifters in there. Um, you know, if you want to do group fitness, you've got that option as well. Um, you know, and I was a member for many years of, of, of a really serious powerlifting gym where everybody brought their food and their big water and nobody talked to anybody. And I loved it. You know, I, I was good with that. Um, if that's, you know, but, but you know, you're not going to get that at Gold's and it's you know, and, and most of the gyms in this area. I mean, people are people are pretty welcoming. So let me ask you this unrelated question, just something. So I'm a reservist as well. And so I go and I have to do a physical exam every year with running, sit-ups, right, push-ups. And I'm in my 40s now. And the last few years I go out there and I'm running with like 18, 19-year-olds. Yeah. And I'm destroying them. Right. And I've, <laughs> no, no, and I've yeah. noticed just kind of in our, not just our community, kind of nationwide, I've seen this phenomenon. And I don't think it's just me, but I tell people my 20 year old self could literally destroy my 40 year old self at any physical activity. But looking around, I'm not seeing that. And any 20 year old when I was 20 could yeah. destroy me. Now I look around and there's a lot of 20 year olds that can't. And so, based on nothing, I have a sense that the physical fitness level of of our nation may not be what it was 20 30 40 years ago yeah i mean you know physical education in in schools has been decimated and i mean i think um you know there's plenty of data that show that kids just aren't getting the same kind of um opportunities for physical activity that they used to and I think for a lot of kids, maybe even more so in this area, um, you know, there's there's such an emphasis on academic achievement and so forth that that kind of gets pushed to the side for many kids. Um, and you know, and and I will tell you, I mean, you know, I mean, I've been doing this group fitness thing for many many years, and um, and you know, Susan's probably seen it too. I mean. Even coming into the classes that I'm teaching, um, you know, there are teenagers, there are people in their 20s who come in and, you know, they they get about, you know, 10 minutes into the class and they're really in trouble, right. you know. And so I think it's, you know, it's terrible that we're not, you know, sort of able to you know do something about that um but yeah i i just try to encourage we have a lot of younger people who come to our classes mm -hmm. and I, I encourage them to come bring their friends um and really you know inspire other kids their age to to get in there and work out right. you know i shouldn't be the youngest person in any class right sometimes that happens i'm like yeah. there's why how is this even possible i am not young well but, it's always skewed around here i mean it, it, the classes have always skewed like people 30s to 60s. Mm -hmm. It's kind of always been the norm, and I get it. You know, it's probably not. You know, it's not a priority for a lot of people in their 20s. Um, but again, it's like you know, I don't want that person to get into their 30s or 40s and just be so out of shape that it's really right. difficult to achieve. You know, good health. I mean, that's that's kind of the concern, right? It's like I get it. People have other priorities, but. You know, you if you don't maintain a certain level of fitness, it's going to be really hard to achieve as you get older. 
That is absolutely true. I, you know, my son, um, when he was looking at West Point, he also looked at the Naval Academy. And one of the former board members I work with is a field officer for Mm -hmm. the Naval Academy. So he's one of the, he goes around, he'll interview local kids if they want to go. That's part of the, that's part of the application process. And so I said, you know, hey, Dr. T, um, you know, my son's interested in, in maybe going to the Naval Academy, a little more interested in West Point. First thing out of his mouth was, is he fat? And I said, well, no, he's not. And he, I was so puzzled by that. And he said, and he launched into this, I don't want to say a tirade. This is a very sweet person. It wasn't a tirade, but into like this kind of a, you know, monologue about how kids are so out of shape. And then it's hurting re- recruitment at the academies and with yeah. the military. And Jamie, you know more about this because yeah, you are a reservist. I, I, yeah. I have this theory. So when I was growing up as a kid, everybody had a bike, right? Mm-hmm. Like, sure. Just be out yeah. on your bike. Like that's what everybody did. That's what we did yeah. for fun. Right. And driving around when I was in my teens, learning how to drive, you always had to avoid the kids on bikes. When was the last time you saw a group of kids riding around bikes? Matt and his friends from high school but, about seven years ago. Yeah, but yeah, but like, yeah that was now, unusual. Like the last time yeah. you see a bunch of ten year old boys or girls just riding around bikes and right. I don't, I, I don't know why. I don't have an answer as to why, but I feel like there, there's something to there. You yeah, know what I mean, could be. Yeah. Well, your your daughter said, I asked her how she was, and she said, she said, I'm really enjoying softball. I think it's my sport. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my, it was the most precious thing ever. She's very active. That's and, right. But she was very matter-of-fact that softball was her sport. Well, but she's, but you, you guys, I think one thing, what I love about you guys as parents is that you capitalize on your child's natural enthusiasm and you don't you let her pick stuff to do but you direct it towards active things you know what i mean right. like i don't feel like adele is being held hostage by her after school activities or has to do any of those things but you guys definitely are she's going to do something that's right. doing something's not a choice and you guys make sure well, it's a, fit. a fear i have though is that as that physical activity is becoming a thing of like people with a little bit higher income or discretion. Oh yes. Income. Oh yeah. Sure. So Absolutely. When I was growing up, it wasn't right. right. Like everybody, you know, mm-hmm. was physically active. Yeah. Uh, it where it was just you played after school right. in active ways. No, I think you. That's a really good point yeah. about um, the wealth gap in our yeah. country. And I also have my son to do with phones. Right. Oh yeah. Kids on their phones. Because I'll be honest yeah. with you, if I was ten and someone gave me like one of the smartphones versus yeah. a bicycle, I, I can't tell you that I would choose the bicycle. Right. You have a smartphone and you have a kid playing softball. What's cheaper? Oh no! Right. Right. No, right. that's fair. Kids playing. Well, what's funny is that my kid has no access to smartphones. Well, I'm just saying, but you right. have one. No, no, yeah. right, right, no, 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 fair, fair, good point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's a that's like it's the nutrition part too. You know, yeah. what's cheaper, a bag of chips or a bag of apples? And a lot of the time, the bag of chips is less, much less expensive than the bag of apples. Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you know, my nephew is a uh, competitive rock climber, oh. and so he's a boulder and he does ropes and everything. And you know, that's a very expensive sport. Right. I mean, it's a very expensive sport. And so when he was with me at Christmas, um, you know, we had discovered there's a pay-as-you-can uh, climbing gym in Culpeper. And so, you know, it was great because 
you know, they they will, you know, bring kids in for free, let them climb, teach them how to climb, um, you know, and it's so great, but there are so few of those around the country, um, you know, and so so few opportunities to take up that kind of, you know, that, that activity. Um, but that, I think that holds true for a lot of sports. Yeah, and then you've got parents who might be working two jobs and then you've got to have the time and the resources to search those things out and, yeah. and bring your child to those places. So scattershot questions. So the Gold's Gym in Town Center used to and may still, I, I don't know, host classes in the Town Center courtyard. Obviously yeah. it's winter, but, <laughs> but do they still do that sometimes? Because yeah. I always thought that was fun. Yeah. Have, oh. you, ever, have you ever taught one of those classes? No, oh. I, I, I was so bummed. I was scheduled to teach one several years ago and it was in the summer and it got so hot they canceled Aww. it. Yeah, they wouldn't let us do it because they said it was, you know, liability for, for obvious reasons. Uh, but yeah, they still do those. They do them a lot in the, in the spring and summer. I, I bring that up because Susan can tell you this. I'm famous for not smiling often, but I'll tell you. <laughs> The one time I really smile, the time I get joy, like out of just something yeah. in life, is watching and knowing that there's an outdoor exercise class. Like so sometimes you That's go to cool. like like a Manny Stepanek Park, and they'll have some outdoor oh, yeah. classes there. Like the people will host them. But when I see one, it just brings me joy, and I don't know why. Right? But, That's yeah. really so, sweet, Jamie. Yeah. yeah. So I always enjoyed yeah. the fact that they did that. Yeah, it's cool. And like anybody can just join in when they do those, you know. Right. So if you're walking by, hop in. That's fun. That's fun. Okay, here's the most important question. Where's your favorite place to eat in Morocco? Oh, gosh. Where's my favorite? You know, I, uh, uh, so one of my friends, she and I celebrate like all events at, uh, at Julie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At Pike and Rose. Yeah, Pike and Rose. Yeah. I love that place. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard, I haven't tried Julie. Yeah, it's good. They started this thing where during the pandemic they created bubbles so you could yeah. eat in the bubble. But yeah. you, I couldn't tell it was a bubble, right? It didn't look like the other bubbles. They did something a little different. Do they hmm. still have those or have they uh, Because they kind of look cool. Yeah. Like a lot of them did it yeah. in other places, but these for some reason look different. Yeah, because yeah. I was trying to think when the last time was I was there, and it was earlier this fall, and they did still have them then. Yeah. So I'm sure they have them now. Yeah. Hmm. So just. Yeah. yeah. So I had a new place. So my shtick is I had a new place every Friday in Rockwell. Oh. I try my family. I we do family dinner night. We always try to pick a new place. Very cool. So I did Taste of Kebab, mm-hmm. which is in the Ritchie Center. It's been open for about six months. For long-time Rockwellians who like Indian food, you've heard of Om. I, I love that place. Right. So yeah. this place opened up right kitty corner to it. And I go in, it's it's very much, it looks like a lunch place, but they're open till nine. Mm. Um, I looked at the menu and I was like, I thought this is 80% Indian, even though they have kebab, which is weird because it owns right there. So I ordered chicken vindaloo, which is my go-to <laughs> Indian dish. It comes, and it's a little different. My daughter got a kebab and I tried that, it was good. My vindaloo was good, but different. Um, and I don't remember all it gets because she gets crazy things. Uh, anyways. Uh, but I had asked the guy, I was like, this can't be an Indian place. It's right next to home. Mm. So I asked the people who work there. It was Bangladesh. They're from Bangladesh. Oh, that's cool. Who started it. Which, huh. you know, right next to India. So similar, but Muslim. So this is a halal. They call them Tesa Kebab Halal oh. Cuisine. Mm. And so just, you know, for listeners, just kind of a new place. I'll, I'll be going back at some point. So. Yeah, that sounds really yeah. good. I'll have to try that place. Yeah. This is soup season for us. We don't eat out very much, but we, uh, this is where I'll have Dave cut up some cauliflower and stick it in the oven. And then I get home and put it in the blender with 
chicken stock and maybe a potato, a cooked Yum. potato, Yum. not a raw potato, and, <laughs> and make a little soup. Maybe toss a little chicken in it. It's done. It's good. It's good. And then you know you're doing all this working out, right? And then, of course, I would love to eat a pizza, but. I feel when you work out and then you eat something kind of healthy, it kind of goes together. <laughs> then we'll have a pizza later and then feel guilty and go maybe go to the gym an extra time. But yeah. No guilt really, around food. No, <laughs> no. Food should be, you know, people say food is fuel and it is, but it should also be a pleasure and it should yeah. also be, you know, communal, communal and, you and treat stuff. treat yourself sometimes. Once yeah. in a while, yeah. We Oh, you know what? We went to the only farmer's market yesterday morning in the snow and oh my gosh. it was crazy i don't know why we Where did, is this? Where did you, o- the only o- farmer's only, market what's only only I don't only only maryland oh wow so we went because it was sun- <laughs> well the frockville farmer's market is closed for the season right, right. only is open year round. so the barbecue truck was out and we, we usually just get our stuff and go, we got barbecue. And I wish, I'm going to look up the name and put it in the show notes because it was really good. Right. It was yeah. really good. Worth cool. every calorie. And I don't eat a lot of meat. I eat a gigantic brisket sandwich and I don't regret it. It was really good. I want that recommendation. Yeah, I'll find their name. <laughs> so I'll tell you, we do dessert on family dinner night when we go out. My daughter gets to pick. You know, there's numerous dessert-only type places in Rockville. She mm-hmm. gets to pick. And so we do that to not make it like where she's not asking for one every day. Mm-hmm. She's uh-huh. looking forward to the one that she gets to choose on Friday, right? right? And so just to kind of institute that as like our family culture like oh yeah we do dessert but on family dinner night we do it right yeah. right so anyways what did she pick last week so this week we went up to york castle mm. again that's one of their go-to's right yeah. which is something i just realized i think the people who own york castle own the jamaican restaurant right next door right. Yeah. island pride so york castle oh, is jamaican i think that's right and the only reason yeah. i think this is the lady who worked at your castle wasn't there when we showed up so it was like killing us but there's a sign I'll be back in 10 minutes and she walked out of the Jamaican place and I asked her she mentioned that oh yeah it's the same people own it oh. so I gotta confirm that but yeah. it, would, it would make sense right? it would make yeah. sense I, I, we love both places right. do you you're close right you're yeah. close to oh yeah yeah yeah. I like both yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I didn't I thought your castle closed in the winter time you know Kim my wife thought that when we were driving there but I thought Differently. Maybe I they, was right. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they stopped. I know they used to. Yeah. So. Good. Lisa, it was a delight to have you on. Thank you. I hope everybody finds a way to stay a little bit active, at least over the winter time. Yeah. Keep it going. Keep yeah. it going. Thanks, Lisa. <laughs> Take care, guys. Thank you. Thank you.